1: You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I am in Phoenix and living like it matters. I'm a happy young man. That's right, I did say young. Been here more than five decades, but I'm still considered young. At least I feel young. Got my morning walk on this morning, and I'm feeling very, very good. Um, however, I'm a little bit, my heart is tugged. I'm, 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 I'm still dealing with something emotionally that I'm sure those fans out there, uh, particularly those fans of the Philadelphia Eagles are probably feeling some of the same things that I'm feeling. And that is, of course, uh, we're very saddened by what happened to, uh, Garrett Reed, uh, the son of, uh, coach, uh, Andy Reed. And of course his wife, uh, Tammy Reed. And, uh, uh, Spencer is one son, and I forget the other son's name. Of course, they lost their family member. He's been called on to heaven. Um, gone too soon, as we always would like to say. Uh, but uh, I understand that it was a, a joyful time. It was a celebration uh, of the young man's life. Um, ended too soon. But what can you say when it's that time? We have to make sure we're prepared. And I'm sure that, uh, Andy and Tammy have leaned on their spiritual beliefs and, uh, they're comfortable for the time being, knowing that he's in a better place after struggling with, with demons here on this earth. And I, I just, as I always do, whenever we have a, a situation where we're faced with the loss of a loved one, of one that, uh, I have some affiliation with or in some relationship with the, a distant one, I'm not going to say Andy was a best friend and hung out at the house, but I, I do know Coach Reed or our, our kids played ball together. Our younger, my my son and his son played. The younger son uh, played ball together, not the one that passed. And so, and uh, and I would always see um, Tammy would be there with uh, with the girls, and and sometimes the boys would come and support the younger son, Spencer. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm just going to take a moment of silence uh, to recognize and remember the good times that Jared had here on earth. And um, why don't you do that with me? Okay, we're back. Uh, We're back. And um, again, we're going to celebrate the good times. But I just I want to be honest. Let's, Let's be honest i want I want to talk to the those fans that are out there and I just want to talk to people that perhaps maybe support athletics but are kind of like on the outside and you always want to know what it's like to be on the inside and and kind of get a perspective if anybody would like to call me and share a comment uh they're welcome today eight 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 three four six nine one four four again eight 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 three four six nine one four four and what I want to talk about is you know as as a quote-unquote celebrity or, or athlete, entertainer, whatever, we're human beings. I, I always take my time when I say this because I want people to understand. I'm not asking for any special type of of sympathy. I, I'm just trying to get people to understand perhaps maybe how life is different for some people than it is for others. We all, you know, one leg at a time, Stand up when I do my thing, sit down when you do other things. You know, we're, we're human beings. But there are certain aspects of a life of a celebrity that's a little bit different. And, and that's why I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm really tugging at the heart for Coach Reed. Because I remember when Tony Dungey, Coach Dungey, had to go through something very similar to what Andy Reed is going through. And the, the, the job is so demanding. And it's one of those kinds of things that do you ever really get an opportunity to really mourn and, and, and get comfortable. You probably never will get comfortable, but actually get enough time to mourn. And the reason why I say this is because there is so much pressure. You know, last year was the dream team. And this year was just the expectations that there's, you know, hey, the guys have been there. There was no lockout. You know, all those things, the expectations for the Philadelphia Eagles is Super Bowl or or I don't want to say bust, but the expectation is to go to the Super Bowl and not just go, but to win. And that's what Andy was faced with prior to this season starting. And even still, the team is expected to do that. But right now, this leader of this team is faced with. I mean, to me, there's only two things. Is it is it a matter of life or a matter of death? If it's not, it's, no, it's not an emergency. It's not a real emergency. If it's not life or death, then, hey, we can hold off. But right now, you get a pass on anything. You don't get a pass on everything. But on life and death, you get a pass. And, and right now, and, you know, I think Andy's getting close to, you know, the contract, you know, coming close to an end. You know, Joe Banner's out of there. You know, Andy's just total control of the football team. But but right now, is the man going to really get the opportunity that he needs to grieve? What are the expectations? I played in Philadelphia. Let me tell you something. It is one of the toughest places in the world. They say that about every team. That's not true. There are places where it is extremely tough to play. The expectations, and since there's been Super Bowls, the Philadelphia Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, but the expectations every year. Now, I'm trying, I'm hoping, I know the fans feel like that in Cleveland, but it's just not happening in Cleveland. You know, it's like potential. You potentially have an opportunity to participate in the playoffs in the Philadelphia Eagles every year, and perhaps maybe win that division. You know, and then, you know, get a run into the playoffs, pretty deep into the playoffs. And Cleveland, of course, where I play ball, is a little different. We're hoping that for a while there was a time where you knew we were going to be in the playoffs and then hope that we would go deeper and press make it to the Super Bowl. But the expectations for the Philadelphia Eagles are to make it. And I'm just not sure. I've never been in a situation like Coach Reed is in. I've only watched from the sidelines and saw Tony Dungy go through it. And I, I just hope that, that we'll be understanding as fans and as decent human beings and allow he and his family to grieve. Now, I understand that, you know, from what's being reported, that Andy may try to be on the field Thursday night. In your minds, do you think that's too soon? Now, I understand that perhaps maybe football will be his escape, and, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll be a place of comfort for him. But I don't that Lehigh University is where his son was found. You know, going into the weight room, understanding that his son was helping with the strength and conditioning coach to get the guys in shape physically, make them stronger. That's got to be hard as hell. And how much time are the fans really willing to give him? How much time? Should time should a limit be put on? Someone who's trying to do the best they can to recover from feeling the loss of a loved one, particularly a son. Nobody likes to bury their children. We're not expected just as life expectancy the way things happen. We just don't expect that we have to bury our children. This is a sad time for me because I'm struggling because I want the Philadelphia Eagles to go to the playoffs. And to win the Super Bowl. I'd love for the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. There's a lot of pressure on Andy Reid. After all, Coach Reid, I mean, he took one of the most hated athletes in the history of sports, according to some people. Michael Vick, and gave him a second chance. Isn't it strange how things work out that the man that had a very important part in in that decision-making process with Andy Reid? They have so much in common, especially now. They both lost their boys. They buried their boys. Could you imagine? And I'm sure some of you don't care about this part. But I guarantee you and everybody from the president of the United States has been telling Michael Vick to slide. Can you imagine how much harder now Michael, the burden that Michael probably feels that he wants to do this for Andy? I I want him to do this for Andy. We all, I think, want him to do this for Andy. This is such a good guy story. I I hate to put death into a good guy story. But I I could just picture Andy Reid on that podium now, holding that Super Bowl. And football, it's not about football. But we're going to get into something a little bit later. But sometimes football gives you a platform. Tim Tebow knows what I'm talking about. Curtis Martin knows what I'm talking about. Reggie White knows and knew what I'm talking about. Good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk knows the first one to take a knee in the end zone, if you will, and give honor to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk, former running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, now the chaplain. He knows what it's like to have this platform and to use it. And he's a spiritual man. I wonder what he's going to bring to us, what he's going to teach us. You can believe this is going to be a teaching moment. Football this year, because the Philadelphia Eagles are such a prominent team, they're always on television. As a matter of fact, if you've got DirecTV, I can't believe I'm saying DirecTV. I'm mad as hell about them. My, my stuff just been acting up the last few weeks. Anybody else give me a call. But Andy's going to have a platform. The press conferences every week may be a little bit different for him. He's going to try to go about business as normal, but it's going to be so hard. I'm just asking you out there to anybody who's ever lost a loved one and been forced back into the limelight to deal with life. See, most of us can just ride off into the sunset and just deal with it in our own way. America doesn't force us back. This is an industry where the spotlight is on you. I don't know if he's gonna have the time he needs to grieve. I don't know if we're gonna be willing to let him grieve. Andy should get as many passes as he wants. You know what? To be honest, the whole season could should be a pass for him if he needs it. If he needs it, it should be that way. But are the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles willing to be that sympathetic and that, you know, willing to understand? That you know what guys, okay, we we gotta back off this time. We we, you know, Coach Reed's been through something. If you how would you feel if you were in those shoes? Would you be able to function every day? Football, what the hell you talking about football? I just lost my son. Are you out of your mind? You want me to go to work? You want me to coach somebody? Somebody he's gonna look at this twenty nine years old, he gonna look at that person, he ain't gonna see that person, he gonna see his son. I'm just asking every Philadelphia Eagle out there from, I mean, everybody who is, uh, I don't care if you're in the kitchen, you're cooking food, if you're the administrative assistant, if you're the receptionist, welcome people to the door. If you're the telephone, if you're negotiating contracts, if you're a player on that team, give it everything you got. Give it everything you got. Michael Vick, Mike, come on, Mike. Do it for him. This man Change your life. Am I putting pressure on you? No, Mike, because I know you feel the same way. I'm sure if he had the platform and the podium to tell you this minute, this day, he doesn't want to do that. I'm sure people are going to tell him, Mike, don't try that. Don't try that. But I'm telling you, Mike, try it. Don't only try it, do it. The man deserves, he's the longest tender coach in the league. If Andy, as a matter of fact, you know what, if Andy Reid, Wins this Super Bowl this year. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I dare anybody else to challenge that he's not. Look at his record. Look what he's done. Look what he's won. But you you know what? It just goes to show you. Money don't have a damn thing to do with life. We're talking about life. And I tell you what. Sometimes football can bring life into a community. Those people down there in New Orleans, you know what I'm talking about. I'll tell everybody, sometimes sports just write scripts that could never be written if they were. If you told the best writers in the world to write a script, sports writes them better than anybody. And guess what? They're unwritten. They just happen. I'll tell you what. There's one brewing right now. There's a script written, and and at the end of it is Andy Reid standing up on that podium and just saying, Sons, this, this this is for you. This, this this one's for you, Garrett. It's for you. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be praying for Andy every week, and I hope it happens. So all those other teams that you line up and I get on here, you say, from every week when I come on the show, you guys can say, oh, he's just being biased. I am. This time for sure. Because I'll tell you what. Man, he may have lost the battle. But he's going to win the war. Philadelphia, (laughs) they're going to win the war. There's a lot. Look at that franchise. America started there. You know, it's the Olympic time. You know what I'm talking about. It's going to happen. Don't give up on America. And it started in Philadelphia. Don't you give up on Andy Reid. Give him time to grieve. Give him time to do what he needs to do. And you'll be surprised what that team going to do on the end. I wouldn't bet against him if I were you. I know there's a lot of betting people out there listening to the show. But I wouldn't bet against him. I think I got less than a minute before I have to go to break. But I just wanted to take that time. And I just wanted to give Garrett, Andy, Tammy, and the rest of the kids what they deserve. They've been good. Philadelphia Eagles football team, since Andy Reid has been there, it's been, you've got your money's worth. I don't care win, lose, or draw, when the Philadelphia Eagles have been on the field, since Andy Reid has been the head coach of that football team, Every time they play, win, lose, or draw, Andy's team showed up, and you got your money's worth. Now, you may have wanted them to win, and they may have lost. But I dare you to look at me and tell me sometime they got beat by 28 points or 21 points. It don't happen. One play, two plays, three plays. Andy could break down every game since he's been coached with the Philadelphia Eagles and tell you maybe there's three or four plays that made a difference in the game if he lost it. And check this out. He don't lose very many. That's why I'm telling you, don't bet against it. Do I hear music in the background? I may hear a little bit of music. I may have to take a break. you listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back after this break.
2: Your
0: internet flagship station
2: for sports.
0: Voice of America sports.
1: Okay. You hear that music. You know the show. It's the rail of sports on the voice of America network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And, uh, Football matters to me. That's why I come here every week and I talk to you about football. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about football, if you will. Just be patient with me. And what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. Of course, that game was in Canton, Ohio. Uh, that's a pretty special place to me. That's where it all began for me, born and raised there in the city, the Hall of Fame city as we call it. Also the hometown of Joe Morgan. receiver number 13 for the New Orleans Saints got a chance to go home. Can you imagine? Because I can't because it never happened for me. Here he is back in his hometown, second year in the league. The opening kickoff, the ball comes to Joe Morgan. Now Joe almost broke that one too. But let me just say this. This is a young man that's born and raised in Canton, Ohio. That field that he was, that's his high school football field. You think somebody had a home field advantage? He sure as hell did. It didn't quite look, you know, the paint was a little bit different, but it looks the same when we play on that field. It was grass when I was there, so it's a little bit different. But I'm going to tell you what, I, I was just so happy, so pleased, so proud of that young man having an opportunity to go home. And he represented well. Made a couple of, you know, nice plays in the Hall of Fame game. So I'm, I'm happy for Joe Morgan getting an opportunity to go home. But I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the Cardinals. And I'm looking at the Saints. And in my mind, so is the Bounty Bowl and all that type of stuff, you know. But I'm looking at it, going into that game. There were two people I thought had a lot of kind of personal pressure that Pressway was put on themselves. One of them was Joe Morgan. I mean, how many times as a professional athlete do you get a chance to go into your hometown and play? Every There's a few people who are lucky enough to go close enough to their hometown that they feel like it's their hometown. You know, and some people are lucky enough to be in their hometown and play, you know, that's their home team. You know, somebody from Cleveland, live in Cleveland. Somebody from Philadelphia, live in Philadelphia. From Pittsburgh, play for the Steelers. From Oakland, you know, playing for, the, you know, the Raiders. That happens every now and then. But I can tell you when it does, it's a special moment for me. I know for, for the person. I know when I got a chance to go back. And finish my career with the Browns, which is an hour down, less than an hour, to my mom's house to the stadium. That I felt good every week, every day. I, I just it was just something special. It's it's just something you know beyond surreal. It's something that you just there are no words to really explain that feeling of accomplishment and that and that feeling of joy because the, it's, the joy is all about sharing. It's not a selfish, it's not an elite type of feeling, an arrogant type of feeling that, oh, I made it, oh, I'm this. It's a sense of sharing, and that's what Joe got a chance to do. There were so many people on Facebook that just, and I want to thank all those people out there on Facebook for acknowledging that they were happy for Joe and having the opportunity to come back there and play. As a matter of fact, you know, he had a bumpy career, And, and Joe knows he and I have spoke here on the air before, you know, he started out at the University of Illinois and I don't know what the hell he was doing at Illinois instead of at the Ohio State University but mm, there was a the reason why he was there and then things didn't work out right for him there at the University of Illinois you know got into a little rumble and from you know Joe has defended himself but but again he accepted what the consequences were ended up back there had to leave University of Illinois ended up back very close to his hometown playing ball right there in Walsh at home again And then, of course, you know, finding his way down to New Orleans and being a part of the New Orleans Saints organization as a free agent last year. And I'm just I'm just happy for that young man. So for him, everything was fine. I mean, people, even me today, I was on Facebook, all over Facebook, liking the pictures he had put up, the other comments that people had made. I was I was a part of that experience that I think that I hope helps him feel as if, you know, man, though I shared something with everybody from the hometown and, and they were happy for me. So we it's like we did this, you know, we helped support him and, and encouraged him and he made it. And he and he's still making it and Joe is a good guy and, and to see his little girl, you know, that that that's something else, you know, my daddy. <laughs> Number thirteen, it don't say Joe Morgan, it's my daddy. And that's 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 a beautiful thing. So I'm happy for you, Joe, and I'm glad you did your thing. Now, on the other side of the ball, there was a little bit of pressure. What the, the pressure wasn't the same. But my man, Beanie Wells, you know, Beanie's from Akron. Beanie wasn't really feeling the pressure. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to bring Beanie into the picture. That's not what I was going to say. I shouldn't even let that come out of my mouth. I was going to bring Kevin Cobb. I mean, that was some pressure. You you you're the quarterback, starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't care if it's a preseason game. You still, you still have not earned your starting position and earned the support of the fans out here in Arizona yet. It hasn't happened yet, and you still haven't earned it. And I, I listen. That's why when you talk to the experts, they always say. That if you're going to build a team, you build it from up front. Now, I used to be a little biased sometimes. I used to think some crazy stuff. But listen, if you can't protect your quarterback or you can't open up holes for your running back, you've got some problems. On the defensive side of the ball, if you, of course, can't do the same thing you're supposed to do in terms of stopping the opposition, whether they pass or run, can't get to the quarterback if they're passing, can't stop the running game if they're running and you're getting plummeted all over the football field by the offensive line then you got some problems but as a quarterback fans we don't understand that so quarterbacks understand we fans don't want to hear that we want to see you come in and contribute and make positive plays and if you get hurt and the backup comes in give up some dap. Please do not walk past him and don't acknowledge his hand. At least give him dap with the other hand if you can't put one of them out because your ribs are hurting. But that just does not look good when you walk off the field and the other guy's coming in. You don't want to do that. You you don't want to, you know, snub him when it comes to the fact that I'm going to give him some dap. Come on, give him some dap. You know, one thing about it. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this, but Curtis Martin said, Coach Parcells says, "Hey man, really? You, you sure you you really you, you sure you really want to come out of there? Cause I, I, you know I don't know who I'm gonna put in there, and and I don't know who I put in there, what they're gonna do. But are you sure you want to come out of there? And I know it's a preseason game, and I know you might have been. You know, listen, I'm not telling you to you know to play hurt. If you're hurt, don't play." Okay, but you know, if I, let me let me change that. If you're injured, don't play. If you're hurt, hell, everybody step on my toe. It hurts. You know how I feel about that. Don't tell me oh, it hurts. Somebody hitting you? Of course it hurts. But are you injured? And so, Kevin Cobb, Kevin, you you got you got some issues you got to deal with. You got one of the best wide receivers to ever play in the National Football League, Larry Fitzgerald. I think Larry Fitzgerald has a, has had a thousand yards every season that he's played. You got that man, so you got some weapons. You got some running backs, and you got a defense. I like that defense, but and and when your backup quarterback comes in, he's able to move the ball down the field, and you are not able to move the ball down the field. There's a sense of doubt in the fans' mind. Now all of a sudden, you're creating the controversy yourself at the position because when you in, you don't take care of your business. You got to handle your business on and off the field. But when you step up under that that center. You got to make it happen, Kevin. And I'm afraid that it just didn't happen. The first pass you threw was an interception. Now fans are really starting to think. You know, if you were home, there'd be, there would have been some boos, a lot loud boos. The Arizona Cardinals is, is they're one of those football teams out there, very similar to the Cleveland Browns. Although their the sense of accomplishment is a little different because they've been to the Super Bowl. So it's more than a little bit different. We got the drive in the fumble, but we don't want to talk about that. That, that. No, we didn't make it. And we got to get over that. I don't know why. I can't believe I'm saying that, but we do have to get over that. This is the 25th year of the fumble. We got to get over that. Shout out to my man, Ernest Biner. We wouldn't have been there, damn it, if it wasn't for Ernest Biner. Shout out, my man. But let me just say this. The Arizona Cardinals... Listen, they're hungry for a Super Bowl. They have enough talent. Can they come out? Of, if, if they come out of the NFC, of course, they got to beat the Giants, you know, the reigning Super Bowl champs. They got to beat the Eagles. You know, they got to beat, well, we, we don't want to throw the Redskins in there, but they got to beat the Cowboys. And the only reason why we're not throwing the Redskins in there is because, listen, you know, the rookie quarterback, right, yeah, and listen, young brother might get it done, but the fact of the matter is, is he expected to take his team to the Super Bowl this year? No, RG three is not expected to. As a matter of fact, Tony Romo don't get the job done. He might be in some trouble down there in Dallas. Some people are gonna say he's a better quarterback than Eli. What? What in the world? What is wrong with people? How in the world can you say? I know I got some cowboy fans in the engineering room back there right now. They're probably losing their mind because they're saying that you know what he is a better. He is not. Eli man. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna be honest with you. If it were up to me right now and I got a Super Bowl quarterback, well, I think in the last, what, five years? Who else won two Super Bowls? Won two Super Bowls. Okay, so I think I'm going to take Eli. Eli got two Super Bowls right now. Is he a elite quarterback? He's beyond elite. He's a Super Bowl champion. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to get off Kevin Cobb for right now because I'm getting a little feedback from some people here in Arizona, but the fact of the matter, he ain't getting the job done. He can't even stay on the football field. Part of being a great football player, your body needs to be in shape to handle the punishment that you know is going to be dished out in the National Football League. It stands for not for long. Can't be standing up there real long holding on to the football. All right, I hear that music. I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back? I'm going to talk a little bit about Curtis Martin. I'm going to talk a lot about Curtis Martin. Man opened up his heart and soul. Told the truth. Some other people need to do the same thing. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm Anthony's Living Like It Matters, and we'll be right back after this break.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org.
1: All right, we're back. This is Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It's not. I got the twins, Uh Johnny and Jimmy Baber, down there in Houston, Texas, originally from the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. Send me that music, man. Send that music to me so I can use it for my show. I like the music I got. But we got a different kind of swag in the Midwest. So I need that Midwest swag. So Jimmy and Johnny Baber, twins. Send that music to me so I can get that music on my show so I'll know that i am got the right groove on when I get back. But listen, I wanted to, you know, I talked about Joe Morgan having a lot of pressure on him. Talking about Kevin Cobb having a lot of pressure on him. Joe stood up to the challenge. Kevin, you struck out. There's some Hall of Fame guys that got inducted. They did a great job with their speeches. But I'm going to tell you what, who stole the show? That's right, Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin, you know that you always save the best for last. But I will have to tell you this: as as I sat there, and I watched the ceremonies, you know, it's, the ceremonies are always a very um, emotional time for me because I, I there's a there's a connect there between some of the stories, and it's not you know it's not that listen it isn't always a story about you know the NFL saves. Another boy from the hood. That's not always the story. The story is much bigger than that. The, the story is the journey. And, and, and the journey is an experience of which they're all unique. But they're so inspirational because we know what the, we know how it ends. We always know how it ends. And they're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The epitome of the profession. The greatest of all times is where they end up at. And that's their day in the spotlight. But what they get a chance to do is it's their time. It's their shining moment. You know, NC2A1 shining moment is their shining moment. And many times we never know what to expect. We know we're going to hear about the journey, but sometimes we don't really truly know the journey. And this particular case with Curtis Martin, I guarantee you, other than his mother, nobody knew the journey the way he knew it. I'm going to go a step further. His mother didn't even know the journey as he knew it. But I, I can tell you this. As I watched it, I sat there. And I'm going to take myself back into that moment because I I sat there almost in a state of shock. And I, as, I, as I become more and more involved in digital media and, and get a little opportunity to become somewhat of a director in the process of, of, of a video and a live production and things of that nature. And I'm, I'm noticing how much control that you can have. And as I sat there and I watched and I and I and I, and I as I'm gonna tell you, I fought back tears. I fought I fought back tears like never before in my life that I feel another man and another woman's pain the way I felt that. And I'm I don't know if they call it a hypochondriac or whatever, but I'm one of those guys. When somebody talks about and describes pain, I can feel it. I truly can feel it. And sometimes I I shy away from. Them, I'm scared because I just stop. No stop. So as I watched Curtis Martin deliver his speech, I was feeling the pain that he was describing when he talked about the abuse that his mother was subjected to at the hands of his father. And as his mother sat there, I could see her feeling the pain that for the first time I thought in her life that it was revealed to her that her son had saw what she was subjected to he had witnessed it that even though they thought maybe it was behind closed doors that he must have been peeking through the door and saw it with his own eyes and he took that time to tell the world what he saw his mother go through the physical abuse the torp that she was to- almost tortured And he's describing that to his mother and his mother is looking at him and listening to him. But at the same time, I felt like it was cutting and also healing both of them at the same time. That it was it was it was cutting her because she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe my baby saw that. And he was like, "Mom, I saw you go through that. I'm so thankful that you you stood up and you, you you still went to go to work the next day with a black eye and 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 you fought through it and 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 you you gave me everything that I needed in life after Dad was gone and and, and I'm asking you to forgive him because I'm I turned out okay, Mom. I was hurting, but I turned out. But you were hurting more, and he, it was just so emotional. I have never ever in my life saw that. I was sitting there. I was hoping that the director would say cut." Go to the commercial, break, time out. Get. But they zoomed like NFL films always does. Steve Sable and Ed Sable, God bless you. Some of the greatest cinematographers that ever existed in the world. And that that piece, when they zoomed in on Curtis and on his mom, I just felt that that piece was needed because, you know, football is a violent sport. And violence attracts violence. That, that's just the way it is. I don't know where I got that one from but violence attracts violence so there were some other men out there that had been abusing their wives and abusing their girlfriends and they were watching it and i guarantee you i don't know i wasn't there was none in my house but i guarantee you they were squirming in their seats because they knew there was a message that they were unprepared to receive unexpectedly Right in front of their face. And they were squirming and they had to be saying, "He talking to me. That's me. I'm doing that mess to my wife. And there was another little boy out there that was watching and saying, that's daddy. Daddy's doing that to mommy. And there's another little girl out there that's saying that that's mommy's boyfriend doing that to her. There were so many people out there that showed up. To watch the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and got a message that they needed to get, and it, it, it just, it's just—it's just so—I'm not even gonna say it's funny because it, it, it's not funny, it's not ironic. It's God's plans that the NFL happened to have some commercials dealing with that same issue that no man should ever put a hand on a woman. And Curtis Martin, the greatest moves he put on the field, he put a move on the audience like they'd never seen before. Before you knew it, you was you sitting there and you're in shock. But the message is hitting you like a left and a right, like his dad might have been hitting his mom. But I am happy for him and for her. And I'm telling you, in my mind, there can't be a better spokesperson or if they need a mother and a son, can't find a better set than that, what they had right there. That pure emotion, that raw emotion. I told you they were being cut And they were healing at the same time. And they needed that. And his mom needed that. And he needed to let the world know that my mom went through that. And she's okay right now. Now, I was so concerned that parts of the media was going to be, you know how media can be so mean-spirited, so ugly, so nasty. And the way they write their columns after the speech I thought it was going to be one of those, but I found one of the nicest columns out there. And I'm so glad that it was written that way. And I apologize that I didn't write the gentleman's name down. But I do want to acknowledge the fact that somebody did write a great article. And I'll find out who the person was that wrote that article. And I I will give him credit. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send him I'm going to send him an email. and Thank him. Because there was justice that should have been given to that moment. That was a moment that needed a platform, a message that needed a platform, in search of a platform, and at the greatest time and the greatest moment of his life, Curtis gave him his. And so for all those women out there that have been abused, that are being abused, you need to know that you're not by yourself. There's somebody out there that cares, and that's the thing about football players. You know, people always asking football players to be role models And some of us don't know what the hell to do that will satisfy your need for a role model. But sometimes God just shows up and he says, this is what you do to satisfy that quota they have of role models and NFL players and NBA players. You don't always do the right thing. We're not always good. We don't do it the best. But that was an impromptu speech from the heart. The man had no notes. And you know what he didn't when you've been through something like that, you don't need notes. It comes from the heart. He poured his heart out, his heart and his soul. And and when he was running out on that football field many times, I'm, this is me now, I'm, I'm just I'm adding lib to the story. I think he just he was running from his dad. He was acting like he was his mom, and as the ball players was chasing him, you know they were his dad, and 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 he was running from them. The fourth leading rusher in NFL history didn't even like football. His mom asked him to do two things: go to school and get into something, a program after school. And the program she suggested after school was football. Hell, he said, I'm really in trouble now. There's two things she suggested I do, and I don't like either one. I'm going to school or playing football. But then a man of God shows up and says to him on draft day, when Bill Parcells calls him and tells him, son, we've grafted you, you know, I think in the fourth round, third, fourth round. He said he hung up the phone and told him, man, I I don't like football. But somebody was there. A message was sent. A messenger was there to tell him. But guess what? Why don't you take this game of football? Take this platform. And use it to help all those people out there that you like to help. And he helps so many people. If, If speeches could get awards, he won an Emmy. He won an Oscar. He won a Grammy. He won, you know, speech of the year. He won it all in one speech. Man, football, I just, don't you just love it? Okay, I hear that music. (laughs) I was into it. I was into it. God bless you. Thank you, Curtis. You're not only one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. You're a great man. And God bless you, God. Keep you. We'll be back. We're going to talk some more about the National Football League yeah, and some Olympics, too. So, Olympics got some things going on now. Shame on you messing with that young lady 16 years old. Shame on America. Green, white, blue, or black, I don't care. Shame on you all. This is the Rail Sports on The Voice of America Network. I'm Anthony's living like it matters. I'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports,
1: Voice America Sports. Alright, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, uh, you know, I also wanted to say that that Hall of Fame ceremony, that had to be great for Willie Wolf, too. You know, the fact that the Saints were playing, he was being inducted. You have to play in so many years for the Saints. So shout out to you, Willie and all the fellas, man. You know, nobody should have to. And I, forgive me, I've been hit my head a few times. So I forget uh, the gentleman's name, but nobody should have to wait 50 years to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I agree with primetime on that one, man. Come on, 50 years. Really? I'm surprised. I'm glad the man is still alive. Normally, when that happens, somebody that you know, been out of the game that long, been removed from the game that long. is not even with us anymore. They can't even celebrate it. So he was glad to be alive, and I was glad that he got his chance, his his shiny moment, to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and to rub his bust, you know, to hear his bust talk. As you know, John Madden, I agree I agree with Big John. Uh, you know, I, I go through the Hall of Fame every time I go home, and I tell you what, I think I sneak up on him, I think I hear a little bit. Oh, what, 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 they talking? Yeah, Two of them in there talking I, I think Tony Dorsett talk I hear Tony talk I hear Walter talk When I come in Because they say hi Ray Because I know them guys See I, I get a chance To make a little Listen If you make a play On the Hall of Famer That's your claim to fame So I'm just I'm I'm not bragging That's just my claim to fame But I could say Well you know what I, I I, did a little something Something against those guys You know So I can walk in proudly And somebody know me When I walk in there Hey Ray how you doing I'm, I'm doing fine How you doing bro Good Good Okay. Listen, uh, speaking of doing fine, Gabrielle Douglas, Gabby Douglas, you fine. I am sick and tired of people. Listen, there's one thing Twitter, Facebook, social networking. Let me just say this. Social media, I'm sorry. Social media. Here, here's the problem. Social media, if you want to participate, Using social media in sports, understand this, please. Does sportsman like conduct? If you think you got a voice and you have an opinion and you're a fan and you want to say something and you, you, you know, you now are part the media, is you. Years ago, the person of the year was you. Now these Twitter and Facebook accounts have given you the opportunity to be, you know, part of the media because you're part of the press. You put a communication twit out or whatever, you communicate with the world, have some responsibility. And the fact of the matter is if you want to be respected in what you have to say it should not be personal. It's about the sport. The comments should be about the sport. Other than that it's unsportsmanlike conduct. Shout out to Dez Clark who used to do unsportsmanlike conduct here on the Voice of America Network. But that's what this is all about. When you do your little tweet thing, when you do a little Facebook posting, have some responsibility. And understand that within the world of sports, we have what's called, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. And we don't anticipate you to participate that way. We are not expect you to do that. We thought you were going to come in and give some, you want us to validate what you have to say with a like or another comment to follow up. You know, we may have a different perspective, but it's all about how one participates in the sport. What they got on? What their hair looked like? and Come on, really? That's not what we in, in the sports world. That's not what we want. So if you if you want to tweet to us or you want to comment on our status or you want to do your, okay, you take that someplace else. That's the gossip. That's TMZ. That's gossip. That's all those other type of you know outlets for that gossip. You do that stuff over there. You know, that's Atlanta housewife kind of stuff. That's not sports. There is sportsmanship in sports. And we expect those of you who to make comments to be sportsman-like. And if you don't want to do it like that, then we don't want you to participate. Go, Go someplace else. We don't do that in sports. You take an opinion... An educated opinion because you are a student of the game and the sport and you know what it is. And so, therefore, you can make a comment related to what a person did or did not do. And you can keep it within the rules. It ain't personal. When somebody, when a flag is thrown, somebody, it, it was a penalty. You know, when when they go look at it, instant replay, and all of a sudden, they correct the mistakes. You know, but like golf, it's it's like a gentleman's game. Okay, all all right. The gloves are going to stay on. We ain't taking the gloves off. We're going to handle this thing with care. And when there's a problem, they settle that on the field. In the media, you just, it's your opinion. But it's not personal. Not if you're talking about sports. It can't be that way. So let me just, let me fast forward real fast all the way through preseason. And I, I, it may change, but I tell you what: there are five football games at the very first, the first week of the season. It's five damn football games, and I'm I'm so happy. I'm like a pig in slop, ain't that what they say? I, I man, the Cowboys and the Giants, week one. Are you serious? Week one, right there, somebody already losing the, seat at the NFC Championship. You know, somebody's got a game that they're gonna lose. Somebody gonna lose that game. So are NFC Championship game, who oh, that one lost at the beginning of the season? They've done a good job with the schedule. That's why you know even at the end of the year, you you know it's, it's in division opponents at the end of the year. But the Cowboys and the Giants, and didn't I tell you that Eli's a better quarterback? He's a reigning Super Bowl champ. Okay, Tony Romo, what did I hear? Some Cowboy fans out there. Okay, we'll find out. Another good game. Steelers and Broncos. Yeah. Peyton Manning, Big Ben, Steelers and Broncos, first game of the year. Oh, first week. Ooh, that's a damn good football game. Now, I'm not picking any winners, but I like the Steelers. Now, Peyton, of course, now, now see the thing about it. Out there, you know, John, you're going to want to show your quarterback off. But I think you better establish your run game early in the season. And I yeah, hey John, a good man. You know what I'm talking about Big John. There's only one Big John, John Elway. I gotta call, I gotta recognize him as Big John. Okay? 98 yards on you. You call him Big John too. But I that's a good game, the first game of the season. So hey, get your popcorn ready. First game of the season. Them two good games right there. You better make sure you got direct TV. You want to see all the games. Now we gotta now check this one out. The Colts and the Bears. The Colts and the Bears. Come on. Listen, you got a young man stepping in there. You think you could. Well, you already said you can't feel Peyton's shoes. You don't want that pressure. I understand that. But we got the boys up there, the Chicago Bears. They got to make some things happen. Jay Cutler, Jay, we expect you to make some things happen. You go in there against the Colts or the Colts come to you. However, that happens. I just want to see Jay play. That's the, I want to see what, what Brandon's going to do. That's a damn good game. And then you got the 49ers and the Packers. 49ers and the Packers. Can somebody say Randy Moss? Can, can, can somebody say that Charles Woodson is not playing corner but playing safety? And which means that, he okay, he ain't going to be trying to guard Randy. He may be trying to give some help over top. They're going to tell him just to run Randy, just double Randy, double Randy. That's what they're going to do. But somebody else is going to be open. That's a damn good game, Packers and 49ers. Now, now, to you out there on the East Coast and the Midwest, this probably don't mean nothing, but Seattle and the Arizona Cardinals, you heard me tell you about Kevin Kyle. And I believe T.O. just showed up out there in Seattle. But that's the interconference game, and that loss could make a big difference because that's the easiest conference and and the entire football league, you win a, you win or lose one game, two games. Well, you only need to win about eight games or nine games to win that conference. You win one early, that that's gonna help you. So that's gonna be a damn good game there too, damn good football game. So I, I just gave you four, I gave you five good football games: Seahawks, Cardinals, Steelers, Broncos, Colts, Bears, Forty ers Packers, and the Cowboys. And the Giants. Now, you know, I wasn't gonna let you go with the game. I'm gonna be watching is the Eagles and the Browns. And who you think gonna win that one? The Philadelphia Eagles gonna win that one. (laughs) But I guess what, guess what? I'll be rooting for the Browns to keep making a close game, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I hear that music, so I got to go. I've been having a great time on this show. I've been having a great time the entire year. I appreciate you listening to me every week. you listen listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best